What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to episode 40 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground, back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast surrounding the Seattle Mariners. And check it out here on episode 40. It is just me by myself on the solo tip. We tried to get together last night after the Padres game. That didn't happen. So I'm going to keep this intro short because you got to listen to this voice the entire time. Unless I like want to do some impressions, maybe do an English accent. Uh, uh, maybe I can just do it in a Bulgarian one. Uh, uh, I can do I can do Italian. I could do uh, some Southern. No, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm just kidding. Just keep 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 this thing rolling. Keep downloading. Keep liking. Keep subscribing to this podcast. You can get it on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that you're getting your shit from, or right directly from the source, farm to table from Buzzsprout, which is the place that I originally started this podcast through their platform. It's so easy. Listen, if I can figure this shit out, anybody can figure this shit out. And listen, I'm going to offer you something right now. You go to the show notes. Those are the notes that, you know, my episode is supposedly supposed to be talking about today, but sometimes, you know, it's a podcast. You kind of get off the rails a little bit. Uh, But yeah, you go in the show notes, you scroll down. There's a link right there. There in the uh in the description and it will take you to buzzsprout where you can sign up and get yourself going get your message out to the world you know start your conglomerate lifestyle right here at buzzsprout and also listen there's a little bit of a bonus in there there's a 20 dollar amazon gift card that you can you know live off of that through a whole nother pandemic probably anyways uh yeah get your message out to the world start here right here on Buzzsprout. Anyways, this is episode 40. Today, we're just going to you know, briefly go over the Padres series. I don't have Hanno, the sports center machine with me with all the stats. So I'm going to do the best I can and get it over as quick as I can in that portion. Also want to talk about, you know, this last 20 games that are coming up. I'm calling it the the, the 20 game plan. Also, I'm going to talk about the uh, Hanager effect that's going on right now. And also, uh, you know, talk about the magic number. Yeah, it's that time in the season. I know we haven't talked about this before on here or maybe as Mariners fans for a long time, but you can start hearing the word magic number. Going to explain what that's all about. And yes, the very end of this episode, I will touch on the whole booing of russell wilson i know it's not a baseball podcast but look that motherfucker plays for the yankees he's still contracted to the yankees the seahawks play next door they are partners neighbors with the seattle mariners so listen there's crossover effect we gotta just mention it it's it's two minutes of this fucking podcast relax Anyways, thanks again for liking, subscribing, and all that shit that I mentioned before. Also, hit us up on the socials or at Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast at gmail.com. That's all one word Rye Bread Mustard Podcast at gmail.com. And you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. I love five tool baseball players, but you know what I love more? five-star reviews. So if you think this show is worthy of a five-star review, just like a five-tool player, if we are the Juan Soto, the Otani, the Trout, the Julio, if you think we are at that level, don't be scared. 
hit us, pound that shit, give us that five-star review. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. I'm going to get the hell up out of the way so you can listen to me for another half an hour here on episode 40 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast that starts, how about now? Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. So just to go over this series, because we like to, you know, acknowledge that the Mariners have played games, which gives us a reason to get on here and talk. Uh, Yeah, the Mariners just... Uh, concluded their series and season series with the San Diego Padres with a two-game split with the Padres. Uh, On the season, though, the Mariners have won three out of four from this huge four-game series. Uh, That's the first part of this four-game series. Uh, Took place on July 4th and 5th, which I had the pleasure of being down in San Diego, one of my favorite uh, parks and possibly... I want to say this, my favorite city in all of California, San Diego. Love that place. Anyways, the Mariners took those two. That was part of the 14-game winning streak, I believe. And uh, this week they split a pair, which, you know, they're in the same situation we are. They're they're in the wild card chase. Uh, We have very similar records. They have a star-studded lineup. Um, I know Tatis isn't there because he was being bad. Um, but they still have a you know a very formidable team. Do I think they're better than the Dodgers? No, maybe probably not on the Braves, quite on the Braves level, but a tough team nonetheless to play. You split two, you got to be happy with that. Um, between them and the Braves in the five games, you went three and two, which is you know you're, those are playoff teams that you are playing. Those are both playoff teams that are playing for positioning in the playoffs so you were getting the best of the best right here in the last five games and the Mariners went three and two obviously in game one we lost two to nothing very close game the Mariners just you know that was the first time they've gotten shut out since uh that terrible Angels game which put us 10 games under 500 so we have not been shut out since basically we turned this shit around um that's you know if you want to put that in your pipe and smoke it if you're like oh this offense is this and that hey i've said those things i I do wish we could manufacture runs um i wish we could see manny acta you know getting more use out of that arm waving guys in than we do versus just the the high five the uh you know the dabs and shit like that around third base i'd i would prefer to see him you know windmilling guys in here i i I, we got to keep that shoulder loose manny um but uh yeah the mariners are right now identifying as this get guys on hopefully get the big home run that's the offense right now that's paired up with you know the dominating pitching um in this game we just of course the story was oh there's so many so many balls to the the warning track uh and I was listening to the radio yesterday and I kept hearing kind of like 
the same old excuse and that it's it's colder at night. It's cold. The ball can't travel as well. It's it's yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a factor in the playoffs. Are we gonna hit home runs anymore? It, it's too cold. When it gets cold like that, the ball turns into like a block of ice and this ice doesn't carry and it's like shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Possibly maybe there's just a possibility they didn't hit the ball hard enough or high enough you know it happens i hate this term it's baseball but it is baseball sometimes you hit the fucking shit out of the ball sometimes you hit it too hard sometimes you don't get underneath it enough and uh you know they have this thing called the shift and they have a position in in the outfield uh that you know helps this out have having somebody in the right place is kind of like the way baseball is being played right now people are in the right places and yes these balls were hit to the warning track and yes we're used to after last week seeing so many fly balls go out of the park and then you turn around and you see it in game two so i don't really buy into the whole weather and i know like a physicist and and scientists would be like well you're wrong myron you should have uh paid more attention in school of how this works well you know what i also understand that like not every ball that gets hit in the air is always going to be a home run and you could possibly just miss a ball anyways it was a close game two to nothing uh most of the game it was zero zero we ran into you darvish and let's just give credit where credit's due he's a pro's pro um he's been pitching for a long time and every once in a while you're gonna run into one of these veterans that just has a vintage game of why they were like the top free agent that was signed to come from another continent to come pitch in the united states we ran into him and uh you know he he was a buzzsaw um like i said it was a two to nothing game uh a lot of dinks and dunks nothing really hit too hard off of logan he pitched good we had uh, you know, a ball hit down the third baseline, and, a, and the relay play was not very good. Nobody should score from first to home with a ball hit straight down the left field line. Doesn't really make any sense. Uh, Winker's throw to JP wasn't very good. We'll get into all of that uh, in a later segment. It's just unfortunate not to have Hanniger out in right field and not having maybe somebody else out in left, but when you're down an outfielder, what are you going to do? Anyways, then, then later the bullpen, you know, gave up one run. I think Seawall did, but it was a lot of these little dinks and dunks. And let's be honest, the Mariners didn't play their best defense. They lose that game two to nothing, but bounce back for yesterday's game. And, you know, again, you live by the home run, you die by the home run. They were living large on the hog yesterday. Uh, basically, we got an encore performance of the ninth inning with Julio leading the game off with a home run. A couple batters later, Suarez with a big two-run shot. And later in the game, uh, you know, we got Santana coming in with the three-run home run. That was pretty much the capper. Uh, again, we had Castillo out there, pretty much putting up the. The same performance he did the, the week before, but he had some defense behind him, and that that's a big difference. You know, Castillo's a monster, obviously going out there and just striking the shit out of people, getting the crowd into the game. It was Hispanic Heritage Day down there. That was fucking awesome. The picture, if you have not seen it, go on 
social media. Go to the Mariners website. You have all the Latin players with their flags at home plate from both teams right before the game. The Mariners had on the cream-colored Los Marineros jerseys, which was pretty damn sick. And if I was up there at that game yesterday, I definitely would have been down in the team store utilizing that discount code or should have hit somebody up about it. Also, if you take a closer look at those jerseys, I'll tell you the coolest shit about it. You look at the numbers and there's a pattern in the numbers with all the baseball playing Latin countries embroidered into the numbers. It's pretty sick. You can also go check out that on Stitch God. That's the guy that stitches all the jerseys down there. Uh, Pretty cool shit. And with it being Hispanic Heritage Day, you know, down at T-Mobile Park, it was fitting that, you know, all the driving forces in this game were Hispanic players. Pretty cool how that all worked out. You had Castillo out out on the mound. You had Munoz coming in and closing the whole thing down. You obviously had Julio with his leadoff home run that we mentioned, Suarez with the home run, and of course, Carlos Santana, so smooth, with a bomb to right field. Um, Just, you couldn't have drawn this day out any better. Um, And also, this also closed out a a homestand that they went 6-5. and and 6-5 doesn't jump right out at you but again let's remember you're playing the Chicago White Sox who are playing for a central division title also we came in off of that uh, uh, 13 inning four and a half hour uh, rain delay if you remember to start this road trip or this homestand off with Um, a couple of games got away from us there but still you're playing the White Sox, you're playing the Braves, and you're playing the Padres, and you go six and five during this stretch to get to this twenty games that we keep talking about to end the season. Ten on the road, ten at home against sub five hundred teams that uh, we'll get into after I go answer the door. I don't know anybody's knocking on the door this early. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch. It's a World Series pitch, where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. So... Let's cut right to the chase. We have 20 more games left in the season. 10 on the road and 10 back at home. If you're the casual fan that, you know, it's, considers yourself a fan, but you're not watching every single game. You don't know the schedule, like the back of your hands. I'm going to break it out for you. I'm going to grab my uh, my schedule, my magnetic schedule. I'm not going on. I'm taking my magnetic schedule off the refrigerator. I actually have two of them. I don't know why I have two on there. One on each side of the refrigerator. Just kind of looks more symmetrical that way, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah, we have 20 games. Like I said, 10 at home, or I should say 10 on the road first and 10 at home. They're all against sub 500 teams. Again, sub 500 teams means... You've lost more than you've won this season. You don't have much to play for as far as a record, pride, jobs, 
uh, and just to be, you know, the evil, evil uh, antagonist to the Mariners uh, playoff drought is what they're playing for here. And, you know, the pessimistic side's falling in the back of our brains telling us, okay, they should easily win all these games, but this is also setting up for the antag- uh, the most agonizing uh, collapse possible against the worst teams. I've seen it all before. We're a Seattle team. This is what happens. Hey, don't just shut the fuck up. And don't be like, Myron, listen, the Angels were our spoilers last year. We had a chance at home with the final homestand and we couldn't take care of business. Or do you remember when the Kansas City Royals came in and we had two big, big leads early on in the game and coughed up two huge games where uh, Perez hit two grand slams and I think back-to-back days and then they took care of us in Kansas City or, you know, the Oakland A's. All of a sudden now, they're 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 not as walkover for us this season. Shut up! I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear it. Voices in my head. We don't need to manifest that. We don't need that out in the world so that this you know becomes the reality. I think the Mariners are going to be all right, but there is a, an idea or a plan, or I should say, a twenty game plan. If you remember what that term is. Back in my day, that was uh, the Mariners ticket uh, selling scheme. It was a 20-game plan. I think they call it a flex pass now where you get to pick games and maybe a couple that you actually want to go to. Uh, But, yeah, Uh, so my 20-game plan, I guess I would say for the Mariners, at least for myself, would be uh, I need 11 more wins out of these Twenty games. I said that the Mariners would win ninety-one. We're eleven games away from that. Uh, earlier in the season, I look to be dead in the water, um, but now that's looking like a reality. I do think uh, out of these twenty games, uh, eleven might be on the light side. If you want the number one seed, it I think eleven will do. You write for the, uh, you know, just to get in. I think that's pro- probably the uh, the number we would need. Um, but, you know, also it would be nice to go 14 and 6 or 13 and 7, which is very capable when you are playing the Anaheim Angels, the Oakland A's, the Kansas City Royals, the Texas Rangers, the Oakland A's, and the Detroit Tigers. I mean, it, it's all right there for the taking. You got 20 games that you could win, and I'm sure you're going to be the favorite in every single game. Uh, you know, that's the part that I guess makes the the pessimistic, like I was saying, the pessimistic part of our, our souls come out. Um, but uh, do not release those demons. Um, keep them suppressed. I think we're going to be all right. Um, you know, just starting with this 10 game you know, road trip, which is the final road trip of the season. I'll be able to be at the Anaheim and the Oakland series. Um, out of those 10 games, I'd love to see a six and four, a seven and three would be great. A seven and three would be the ultimate feeling really, really good. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see them as we all would 
finish strong on the road and also just give us some more reassurance that the team can go on the road and take care of business because there's going to be a lot of road games and tough road games uh, in the postseason. Um, with the 10 games at home, again, same thing. Like to see, you know, six out of 10, seven out of 10 would be great just to, you know, solidify like, hey, here's some home dominance. Uh, you know, be a place that teams don't want to come in and play, which is starting to happen. You're starting to see a lot of that. Like, again, if you have not followed the games so closely, this is your chance. This is your chance to have the 20 game plan for the first time in your life. Right now, these last 20 games, I hope they're all sellouts. No, not because I'm trying to sell some of my uh, tickets to the games I can't go to, but just for the Mariners. It's it's a good look. It's a good feel. Get out to the park. Go see these games. Be a season ticket holder in your mind. Clemens pitches to Winfield. High and inside. Hold it! It's starting lineup talking baseball, and you're in control. What's the problem? Roger. Fastball. Low and inside. You got control 40 superstars. Make Roger Clemens throw a fastball or a curve. Oh, yeah. Have Dave Winfield punt or hit for power. A real announcer calls the action. Winfield waits. Hold it. Well, kid. Starting lineup talking baseball. What they do is up to you. One thing that we did not see in the series, which could be a bit concerning, is no Mitch Hanniger. Uh, he left Sunday's game against the Braves with a back soreness, tightness. That's what it's been described as. If you didn't know, if you did know, I'm just reminding you and talking about it because this is something huge. This is something that stretches our lineup out. I do think being precautionary about it obviously is important, um, especially given that we do have a little bit of a... Uh, cushion here and as i mentioned earlier uh you know with winker having to be out in left field uh because hanniger's not here and us you know being very limited on who we can play out there that also can be productive you know this is a situation that i hope and we all hope that hanniger gets back you know one for the person how hard he works uh how many unlucky injuries he's had you know throughout his career which also makes you you know not feel so secure with him but when he is you know moving and grooving we know what he can do look at what he did last year i mean he at times and a lot of times single-handedly was our offense and can be that guy to add to what Julio and hopefully Ty France and now Suarez is doing and really, really makes this lineup potent. But more than anything, I feel like it does hide some holes that we have. Um, You know, I try not to talk too bad about Winker anymore. You know, obviously this is a a bad season uh, for him. You're seeing him not be as, or at least not being focused as, you know, one of the, even the clubhouse leader. I mean, at the beginning of the year, he's this goofy, fun guy, and we're waiting for him to, you know, break out of it, break out of it. Now we're down to, you know, the last 20 games of the season. So uh, hopefully it's going to come. Hopefully he turns it around for the playoffs. But can you trust him out there? Um, You know, as mentioned in, um, 
with a quick review of game one of the Padres series. You know, that ball out in left field and that, especially the throws where it's concerning. I just don't understand why he can't hit somebody in the letters with a ball, which is not that far of a throw. Um, you know, and the thing is, you either got to be uh, a good hitter or a good fielder. You got to be one of the two, or at least playing decently at one of them because you can hide a good hitter in the outfield um you know uh you can have somebody that might cost you a run but maybe drives you into runs in a game you know what i mean but uh, we're just not seeing that and i think with hanniger out it also forces um you to play haggerty every day and haggerty is Obviously, this big spark plug for the team. I don't have anything bad to say about him. I just don't think he's a guy that you throw out there, you know, six, seven days a week in your starting lineup. He's better used, um, you know, as this fourth outfielder um, in rotation. You know, still seeing a lot of playing time. Definitely coming at the end end of games, but you just don't want to run him ragged. That's not what he's accustomed to. I know you got to ride the hot hand, but you know his overusage. You will see some decline in him, and that's not what you want to do. And you know, with Taylor Trammell, obviously he's great on defense. We haven't seen much on the offensive end, if anything, since uh, he's come back from his injury. Um, so I really feel like this Mitch Hanniger thing, and I feel like everybody feels like this, so I'm just, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but this is going to be a huge, uh, piece, especially going into the postseason where every team is going to have good pitching and every team is going to have a good lineup. We got to have our dogs out there. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? <laughs> why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? It's something good under the sun. And tell them the bone sent you. All right, rye bread and mustard listeners. Uh, I know some of you are baseball savants. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to be nice. Uh, you know, baseball nerds uh, or sports geeks. We know certain terminology that maybe the casual fan that's jumping on board right now, which is totally fine because that's what we need. We need as many Mariners fans and rye bread and mustard Mariners podcast listeners that are liking, downloading, and subscribing and sharing this podcast. Uh, but there could be some lingo that people are, you know, going, oh, okay, yeah, and you are faking their way through a conversation with one of these baseball geeks, you know, in the hot dog line. Uh, but the term or words put together that I'm talking about are the magic number. Uh, what is the magic number? You must be asking me because I don't think the Mariners have been in this situation. We've been on the uh, magic bullet side of this. Uh, there you go, Kopi. There's a JFK reference for you. Um, unlike the magic bullet, the magic bullet is how many games until you're eliminated. I don't know. I think I just came up with that 
uh, trademark. But the magic number, like we were talking about, is if you want a real definition and not just listening to me, it is basically the team's magic number. It's a number of games that represents the combination of wins. Write this down. Combination of wins needed by that team or losses. Write that down. By the closest competitor to clinch a given goal. And the Mariners' first given goal, obviously, is to make the postseason. They're in the wild card. As of the recording of today, we have a five-game cushion until Baltimore could possibly tie us. We're not talking about, you know, the first seed or the second seed right now. We're just talking about getting our asses in the door. Okay? We're getting in past this bouncer. You know, we got the ID. We're 21 now. It's been 21 seasons. We are legal drinking age for the playoffs. All right. And I think we're going to get in. But if you have to agonize over it and you need to count down and we need to make like some sort of, I don't know, playoff advent calendar and open doors, uh, you know, uh, you know, it'd be great if we could have one. I don't know, like shaped like a... uh, I don't know, like a a bottle of champagne and every day, you know, you get a glass of water, you get a glass of water, you get a glass of water. And then if it happens, there's a big old bottle of champagne. You're going to need that water, you know, because that shit's dehydrating as fuck. Anyways, terrible example. Um, But yeah, getting back to the magic number, it is the amount of wins plus losses by the closest competitor. So if you're writing this down, the Mariners right now, as of this recording, on the morning of their day off here on September 15th, the Mariners have 20 games left and a five-game cushion. So with that being said, the magic number, if I'm doing my Ballard High School business math slash Cal State, Long Beach, Fullerton, and Fresno business math right, our magic number to make sure that we're into the playoffs without a tie is 16 how do i get that number i take 20 take away five it's 15 but one more number would make the magic number so what does that mean again 20 wins sorry excuse me 20 games and we have 20 games baltimore's 20 games so if baltimore you know uh loses eight games and we win eight games in this 20 that equals 16 it could happen a lot faster it actually could be a very agonizing collapse um but uh things are looking pretty good so what you need to do every day unless you can just you know go ahead and google it and be you know uh use your time wisely and be like it's 2022 i don't need to write this shit down i don't need a calculator myron I'm going to Google that shit. Anyways, you can just check what Baltimore is doing every day, and you can see what we're doing every day. So anyways, that is how a magic number works. And if you already knew that, good for you. But maybe you didn't know the number. Maybe you haven't been acknowledging the magic number. All right? So just we're going to start acknowledging it here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, just like Sesame Street when we're introducing a new word or term, you may or may not know it, but I just want everybody else to know it. All right. Say it with me right now. Magic number. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
Well, we're running out of time, or I should say, I'm running out of steam and patience sitting here talking to myself. Uh, but yeah, this is episode 40 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, which you can download anywhere, especially Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, as they call it now. Anywhere that you can get a podcast for free, including Buzzsprout, which is my home platform that I've started this podcast on. You can start one there too. If I can do it, trust me, you can do it. Your kids can probably do it. Anyways, you go to the show notes, go to my show notes, scroll down. The show notes are the whole, what the hell were they trying to talk about? Uh, area there, you know, where you get your podcast, you scroll down. There's a little link right there. It'll take you to Buzzsprout. There is a $20 Amazon gift card waiting for you. So think of that as your signing bonus to start your podcast today to get your message out to the world. Look, that's a way better deal than than I ever got when I got on here. So take advantage of that. And before I get out of here, I would be remiss if we did not mention the Seattle Seahawks beating the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. The Pete beat Russ on Monday Night Football. Not going to get into all the X's and O's on here because, listen, this is not an opportunity for me to spin off into a football podcast, which I am not going to do. Uh, this baseball one is tough enough to do. Uh, but I just want to focus in on the booing. I've heard a lot of like, I can't believe it. I can't believe you guys booed the Broncos and Russell Wilson for after all he's done and he's come back and it's like look man this is new still look it wasn't like this was the last game of the season or in the middle of the season this was the first game of the season it was on Monday night football and listen the Seattle fans weren't just gonna go out there and like get punked and get railroaded they stood up on their own they booed they booed an opposing team, which they do a lot in football. You're talking about drunk and charged up fans, especially on Monday night football. That means people probably took Monday off and uh, drank all day <laughs> until five o'clock and then drank more. And, you know, it got a little bit out of hand. Um, I also feel like the media focuses on in on like a couple of shitty fans that have, you know, shitty displays of crap, which I'm not even going to bring up on here, which I think is stupid. But also the reason I'm bringing it up is because it got compared to the Alex Rodriguez return to Seattle, which also happened like right away at the start of the season. I don't think the two are comparable. They left for... Very different reasons. A-Rods was over money and wanted to be a superstar. You know, uh, only did a few years here. That was his first time, you know, being able to hit free agency. Where Russ, you know, did a decade here. We, we won a Super Bowl. He got us to two Super Bowls. And, you know, was a pro bowler in the face of our franchise. He left. It hurt. He forced his way out. It hurt. And, you know, the fans probably put a little extra mustard in on that boo. And I'm okay for it. Um, I think he'll live. Also, I feel like he'll be back and in the ring of honor. Um, you know, and, and listen, football fans are different than baseball fans. It's, it's again, much, much more of a charged up feeling. But I know there's a lot of crossover Mariners and Seahawks fans. I just thought I'd bring that up. I'm, I know there's booing in baseball quite a bit, especially when it you know, pertains to the Astros or anybody that's cheated or there's been fights and things like that. Uh, it happens, but I think a football booing is 
much harsher, but it's also football and it's it's sports and there's going to be booing and at the end of the day, uh, you know, these he, Russ will be all right. Also, maybe they were booing him because he's a Yankee, right? He still has that Yankee contract. So anyways, this is episode 40 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Hanno, you know what? Oh, yeah, you're not here. Okay, I guess I just pimped myself into this. Here we go. Charge. That wasn't fucking half bad.